You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now, we've got you uh, slowly turning the page here from Week 9 to Week 10. My power rankings are up. My picks against the spread will soon have the decider column. It's also Tuesday here in Locked On Fantasy Football, which means it's Pickup Tuesday. That means we turn our attention to the next week, Week 10 here. Looking at the waiver wire and uh, free agency targets you can look at, either short-term or long-term, to help improve your team here. Another week of buys here in Week 10, so you might need some help there, and uh, maybe some guys you just want to stash for the stress run. So we'll look at all of that here in a bit. We'll also break down the Monday Night Football game, the final game of Week 9, the Patriots and Jets, what we saw there, the most important takeaways. Uh, before we dive into all the fun, I'm going to tell you this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is a freshman. You need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passion fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, uh, let's uh, dive in, shall we? We'll start with our Monday night breakdown for you. The Patriots-Jets, this one had a lot more scoring than we anticipated. A lot of struggles here for the Patriots that we didn't anticipate. They hold on and with a comeback and win 30-27. to They just kept chipping away at this. The Jets actually led 20-10 to at halftime, but the Patriots come storming back with 20 points in their own half in the second half. So let's look at the numbers here. Let's start with the Jets, shall we? A surprise good game by Joe Flacco filling in Sam Darnold. More right shoulder injury issues there. Joe Flacco warmed up his uh, old connection with former Raven, fellow former Raven, Brashad Perryman. Five catches, 101, and two scores on seven targets. They went after J.C. Jackson quite a bit. They went after J.C. Jackson a few many, too many times because Flacco was eventually intercepted by him. No Stephon Gilmore in this game. So it's the first time in a while the Jets have had their full complement of weapons. That includes uh, Rashad Perryman, Denzel Bems, the rookie on the outside, Jamison Crowder. You had uh, also Braxton Berrios as a second slot receiver. And uh, you also had Ryan Griffin available tight end. So... This is what the Jets look like when they have a lot of guys out there. So Perryman was very good. He got open, dominated. This is what they signed him for, to be what Robbie Anderson was. And he finally did that in this game. Mims has looked good here for two straight weeks. Eight targets for him to lead the team. He had four catches, 62. Jamison Crowder, not much. Only two catches for 26. But he did score a touchdown. So, again, Flacco might be what they need a little bit to uh, revive this offense. Sam Darnold and this team just wasn't getting stuff done through the air at all. So maybe Flacco's found something. Maybe Adam Gase has someone here to fill in the rest of the season. Maybe it'll just conveniently work out where Darnold is continuing to be on the shelf here with a shoulder injury. But yeah, that passing game certainly came to life. The best that the Jets have looked offensively in quite some time here. So 
That was surprising because it was the Patriots on the other side, but the Patriots are wearing down against the run. The running numbers weren't as big because of the big plays in the past game. 14 touches for 59 yards only for Frank Gordon. LaMichael Pirine just not usable yet, but they do have a bye week, so let's see if they expand his role. Eight ca- touches for 38 here in the game behind Frank Gore. So let's look at, at the Patriots side of things in this one. You had Cam Newton throw for 274 yards. He was uh, very efficient early. He had some incompletions late, but they still get the job done winning the game, made some key throws here. 27 of 35, 274. His two TDs come on the ground. You'll take that. It still counts. And he also had 16 yards rushing. So only 16 yards rushing, but you get the two scores and some good passing output from Newton. So maybe he has some relevance again. They do play the Ravens this week, so it's a tough matchup, tougher than the Jets here in the passing game. So if they can contain his running, I don't see the same success for Newton. But the big story here is Jacoby Myers. They needed somebody in this passing game to step up with uh, Julian Edelman having the knee injury and Nikhil Harry now missing two games of concussion. Jacoby Myers was that guy. 14 targets from Newton. Catches 12 for 169. Almost had another long TD that Newton just missed him on. But definitely that connection was revved up. Demir Bird, that connection from Carolina has looked pretty good as well. Five catches, 65 yards on nine targets for Demir Bird. And the story of the backfield is... Damian Harris looked really good here running at 14 carries for 71 yards, but he got hurt, had some issues there, uh, not getting as many yards, and uh, Rex Burkhead came in, acted as super sub. 12 carries, 56 yards in a TD, also added three receptions for 11 yards. You didn't see James White in that receiving role until late, and he had four catches for 24, but Burkhead might be the guy here. Sonny Michelle's on his way back, so Damian Harris, a chest injury is what they're calling it, so you could definitely miss time with that. He's already missed time before. So not the most durable back so far in his two years out of Alabama. Burkhead, we know, has had his fair share of injuries, but we're not sure 100% about Sonny Michelle returning. So Burkhead getting some run in the power situations, red zone, and receiving. So when you look at it overall, I think uh, the Patriots might have found something with Myers and Bird being their lead guys here in the receiving core, and uh, maybe some Burkhead and Michelle with a little bit of James White there offensively against the Ravens here going into week number 10. All right, let's uh, go look then at our quarterbacks that we're looking at. If Cam Newton was dropped, you can certainly look at him. I wouldn't play him against the Ravens, but some guy to consider that he might be available in shallow leagues. Well, elsewhere at quarterback, the guy that we're looking at uh, is Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, he looked very good, ran a little bit as well, had a couple of touchdown passes against the Cardinals. We didn't know what to expect from the first game of the Rams where he had a turnover and didn't really do too much. They had a compressed offense, but they got going. And this week, they get the Chargers. The Chargers' defense is a total mess right now. Joey Bosa, we'll see, might miss another game with a concussion. Their secondary no longer has uh, Desmond King. Chris Harrison's on the shelf, so they're pretty beat up back there. They're getting a little older on the back end. So, Tutagola, if you need him for a streamer, he's very good this week against the Chargers at home. I also think he's very appealing here when you look at it for going forward because again he is a quarterback for the Dolphins they have some pretty good weapons they did lose Preston Williams probably for a bit with a foot injury but he picked up there with Mac Hollins and Mike Gusecki and Devontae Parker and different guys Adam Shaheen at tight end so there's different weapons there that Tagovola can exploit Jakeem Grant there as well so when you look at it I think uh, Tua definitely in a good offensive situation here Good matchup this week, but certainly should be owned in a lot of leagues here. And 
as we've seen with uh, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, we've got some really good returns in the first round rookie quarterbacks, and Tua Tagovailoa looks like he'll uh, provide some of that as well. Now, Drew Locke is someone that should be picked up. He was an afterthought until the game against the Chargers, where he had the comeback and led the victory. Then he had another big fantasy game there in Atlanta in a great matchup. So now it's the Raiders. So it's good spots all around for Drew Locke. The favorable schedule. He's starting to play better. Cortland Sutton was a big blow early, but now uh, without, without Albert O, I think you'll see a lot of the principals here. Jared Judy, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, and KJ Hamler catching a lot of passes. So some decent weapons there. This Broncos running game has been a little unreliable here between Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. So a little bit more thrown for Locke. Locke is also running. He led the team in rushing this past week. So yeah, Drew Locke should be on the radar as well as two uh, young quarterbacks for the win here to help your team. Now, if you're looking a little older, gunslinger, you can look at Nick Foles. I mean, it was an ugly game a little bit at the Titans, but he still ended up with uh, 330 yards, a couple touchdowns. Now it's the Vikings this week, so a good matchup there at home on Monday night. The schedule overall is pretty favorable for Nick Foles. He just gets a job done with different weapons here. You got Jimmy Graham going. You have Allen Robinson, we know, Darnell Mooney, and Anthony Miller. So some decent weapons here for Foles. Now they have uh, David Montgomery battling a concussion. The Bears simply cannot run the ball as well as they would like, so that means more throwing for Foles as well. You're down the stretch. Very favorable schedule. Took advantage of the Titans matchup. I think you'll take advantage of the Vikings matchup there for sure in week number 10. Then Baker Mayfield, he was landing on the COVID-19 list, but a good matchup this week against the Texans opposite Deshaun Watson. Figured there might be high volume for Mayfield. So more of a short-term, week-to-week kind of situation, matchup-based is Mayfield, but someone definitely to watch on the other side of the Texans. All right, so that looks at uh, Monday Night Football and the quarterbacks that you should target of note here on the waiver wire for week number 10. We still have to get into the running backs and tight ends. We'll do that in the next segment. Then we'll close looking at the wide receivers and defenses you want to target here. So we'll get into all that, but before we do that, i got to tell you more about Pepsi here. Uh, Pepsi, as we mentioned at the top, this football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Now, for me, I have to have my Pepsi while I'm watching games at home, not going out anywhere. I need uh, something that is cool and refreshing, and a Pepsi is what I go to. This Pepsi is a refreshment you need as well to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passion fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is also brought to you by Axon. Protecting my family is my number one priority, but I want to do it safely. The people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Here, you can check out Axon Taser here. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or purse. Yet, they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry unnecessary risks for you and those around you, and even pepper spray can harm you as much as an attacker, and it's often ineffective. Taser products are safer and easy to use. They use an electrical charge to mobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape, and it's an emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency dispatch will send response team to your GPS location upon firing. More than 230... 7,000 lives have been saved with the Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. 
And now you can own a Taser, the number one choice of law enforcement agencies. Protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart self-defense products. Taser is available without a permit in U.S. states. Get the Taser Plus or Taser Strike Light at Taser.com with the promo code NFL. Save 15% now at Taser.com, promo code NFL. That's spelled Taser as T-A-S-E-R-T-A-S-E-R.com. Taser.com, use the promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, we will continue here uh, looking at the waiver wire targets here at running back and tight end. Not a lot at running back this week. Gus Edwards is uh, a guy that uh, you can definitely look at. We'll see about Mark Ingram and the ankle injury. Can he return for Baltimore? But Edwards looks good. He's getting the touchdowns here. J.K. Dobbins, they refuse to unleash him, but it's a great matchup this week against the Patriots. The Patriots' run defense is just in shambles here. The Jets had better success than we thought. The Bills dominated them a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, this uh, team you can run on. So, figure Edwards and Dobbins will get a lot of run. I think just Dobbins has such high ownership that not been available. But Edwards is certainly someone who can help your team if he's still out there, especially in shallow leagues. Now, looking at uh, two uh, running backs that were dealing with concussions here, they're both Davids, David Johnson and David Montgomery, we'll watch how this uh, progresses here. David Montgomery has another day to get ready as the Bears don't play until Monday night. But Ryan Nall, someone you can go after, he was effective a little bit as a receiver. Didn't get any run in the rushing attack. But again, someone you can look at if you're desperate there without Montgomery. And uh, Duke Johnson, I like that pickup a lot better here. He is in a revenge game. Conveniently enough, if David has to miss a game and he has less time to go as they play on Sunday that Duke is going to step in and play the Browns. And you know he's not happy about the Browns and the way they treated him. They moved on with uh, Kareem Hunt here with Nick Chubb. So, yeah, he's going to be motivated here if he runs. So, interesting timing for sure. And we'll watch a David Johnson. But I would say he has less of a chance to play than Montgomery this week. Now, if people have forgotten about the Rams, they were on a bye. Not sure what to do with their backfield. You could look at Cam Akers. You could look at Malcolm Brown. Daryl Henderson is uh, sure to be owned in most formats at this point. But Akers has a big upside. Brown might get you through a little bit. Seahawks' uh, matchup isn't particularly great this week. They're better against the run than the pass. But at some point you'd think they might turn to Akers. The rookie give him a chance here to get some more explosiveness. Henderson, they've been uh, fickle on. Uh, Malcolm Brown has been just a guy. So... The opportunity is there for Akers if they can give it to him. Injuries have kind of slowed him down. Henderson having a few games have slowed him down. But he could be fully healed now and maybe a little better prepared after the bye to have a better role as a rookie. The next situation we're watching is the Chargers. And uh, Kalen Balaj here and Joshua Kelly. Justin Jackson really disappointed his uh, fantasy football managers by Coming up lame with his knee injury immediately there. So knee injury that he's been able to play through. He came back from it early in the season and has been very effective. We thought he was the guy here without Austin Eckler. But what happens? He can't go. Then all of a sudden it's Kalen Balaj. No, it wasn't Troy Man Pope. Pope was uh, out with a concussion in the game. It was Kalen Balaj, the former Dolphin. He spent brief time with the Jets. Uh, didn't really get there with the physical and all that. So when you look at Balaj, uh, he just took over. I mean, he was the guy. They got the touchdown. He was more involved. Kelly well, did get some running in the passing game because Balaj, that's not part of his game. 
but not a lot of things happening there as uh, Justin Herbert is throwing to a whole bunch of other guys, not selling for checkdowns here. So Balaj is someone you definitely look at here in the short term. Austin Eckler still could need some time to return here, but good matchups uh, ahead here. Dolphins and Jets back-to-back. Again, conveniently, Kalen Balaj uh, breaks out right before he faces his former team and kind of former team there in back-to-back weeks. So I would lean more towards him. If you're in PPR, I might look at Kelly in deeper formats. But Balaj, I think, could be a better replacement RB2 slash flex for you, assuming Jackson is out and Eckler is not on his way returning quite yet. You also have to look at J.D. McKissick here. I know it's not exciting, but he's catching some passes involved with Antonio Gibson. Basically because you have Terry McLaurin, and sometimes it's hit or miss how much uh, Logan Thomas is involved at tight end. You need some other help at the passing game. Uh, it's Alex Smith here, so that also could help McKissick. They seem to have a bit of a connection. They are playing the Lions again. Yet another weird uh, revenge game this week, uh, as McKissick was a Lion after he left the Seahawks. So maybe they get him involved a little bit more with Gibson, but it's a great matchup between Gibson and McKissick. There could be a lot to be had on the ground in the passing game for the running backs this week against Detroit. So that's why McKissick has a little bit more appeal than he usually would, especially in deep league PPR for a streaming option in week number 10. Now, what do we do with the news of the Patriots backfield? We saw Damian Harris. We're going to have to track that with a chest injury. Sonny Michel was practicing a little bit with a quad injury. He's eligible to come off IR at any point here. So we'll see if he comes back just in time with Harris out. But Rex Burkhead really was the best all-around Patriots back against the Jets. Will they trust Burkhead a little bit more? He's been like a swing utility back for them. Very good times, but it's been hard to trust his touches. Well, I think this is where the Patriots are built. I mean, they found something in the passing game with Myers here, but I still think they want to run quite a bit to play off Newton here. Michelle coming back with Burkhead. That's how they're probably going to attack this week, the Baltimore Ravens. You really can't throw on the Ravens that well. So, again, some opportunities here for Burkhead and Michelle. Not... High end here, but I'm looking at deeper league flex options for sure. Now, same thing with the Dolphins' backfield. You have Matt Breida with the hamstring. We'll see if he's in the mix at all, but didn't look good, and he's a guy that's often hurt here. A few more weeks for uh, Miles Gaskin to be on the shelf here. So Jordan Howard was the guy. What did he do? He went back to plunging over into the end zone with a touchdown. Highly touchdown dependent. He looks bad otherwise here. That's the only basic role he has here for the Dolphins. And that was confirmed by Salvin Ahmed, the rookie getting the bulk of the just pure rushing work. They didn't actually run all the, that much against the Cardinals effectively because really the Cardinals are pretty vulnerable against the run, but Ahmed looked pretty good. They do get the Chargers this week. The Chargers are a little bit better against the run than expected, but they're also worse against the pass. So I think Ahmed could have some more opportunities here. The Dolphins actually might be controlling this game. So he's a guy that I'd rather have. You'd like to see him get a little bit more run in the passing game to feel effective and maybe get those goal line carries. But Ahmed uh, definitely looked better than Howard in that opening game, filling in for Breida and Gaskin. Now let's turn our attention to tight end. You have uh, Austin Hooper here that we look at. Coming back, he had the abdomen issue, appendicitis. He's now back for the Browns. They're good to go here that you look at. uh, This matchup they have against uh, the Texans, really good spot here. Hooper should get some more targets here, playing off Jarvis Landry and Richard Higgins with no Odell Beckham Jr. for the rest of the season. David Njoku having a fading role. You have a Harrison Bryant hurting as well. So, again, Austin Hooper, if he's out there, someone dropped him, certainly worth picking up. Elsewhere, you look at uh, 
the Browns situation is pretty good, but you also have the Bears situation. Cole Komet is hurting here. So Jimmy Graham got some more on a tight end. He had a legitimate game that was beyond the touchdown. He did score there last week against the Titans. A good matchup this week against the Vikings. They are involving him a little bit more. Week to week, matchup to matchup dependent. But again, the injury is there. Maybe not having the same uh, pop in the running game might get Graham some more looks. Komet banged up as well. So lining up, but certainly with this tight end landscape being so poor, when Jimmy Graham has a game like that and gets in the end zone, you have to look at it more. Now, Jordan Reed, Ross Dwelly is a hard thing to navigate. We expect Jordan Reed to get a little bit more run now that he's had more time to heal coming back. He was just getting back with limited snaps, but they need him. They need something to get going in the passing game, but keep in mind this week, uh, Brandon Ayuk is going to return. Kendrick Bourne might not, however. He's on the COVID list, so you have Brandon Ayuk, but you need some help at tight end. They're not going to stop the run of the tight end. They like Reed. They like what he can do there, especially in the red zone, so certainly someone you can look at in the Saints matchup, and that's excellent for receiving tight ends this week. Trey Burton, we're going to try him again. Jack Doyle has a concussion. Mo Ali Cox is banged up, so maybe we'll get some streamlined work here for Trey Burton this week. That'll be Great to see against the Titans. A good matchup. Again, Graham took advantage of that and scored last week. Irv Smith Jr. certainly getting some run. Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith getting a little bit more attention in the passing game. When they're running effectively, that means Smith and Rudolph are going to be out there in the 12 personnel. And then you can pivot off them and throw into the end zone and uh, find one of them. That's what happened here with Kirk Cousins as Smith scored twice. The Bears matchup is pretty tough, but they did allow Jonu Smith to score last week in a pretty good game for Anthony Ferkser. So some chances for Smith and Rudolph. We don't want to necessarily see this if we're uh, Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen guys here because we know they're, they're going to use the 12 personnel when they want to. They want to just run and win games that way. They don't want to really volume it up too much. But Ersman's had some decent games of late, being more involved. He's a very good athlete. He can score. He's a good red zone target. So Irv Smith should uh, definitely get more attention with this tight end situation really ugly around the league. All right, uh, we still have to look at wide receivers and defenses you want to target on the waiver wire here on week number 10. But before we do that, I've got to tell you about Built Go. Built Go is the solution to break through your wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. Built Go comes in easy-to-take, one-and-a-half-ounce packages. You can put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or put in your pocket just to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of caffeine and better results. And Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Why does Built Go work so well? Well, Built Go combines... Energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. Bilko is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Bilko then keeps to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentage intake there. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better as well. It's easy to get in on BuiltGo right now. Visit BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. BuiltGo, let's go. We'll be right back here to finish up our waiver wire look with wide receivers and tight end, or defenses here, that you need to target in week number 10. All right, it's time to close the show looking at the wide receivers and defenses here. We mixed it up a little bit because we had a little bit more to talk about with wide receivers and defenses than we did with uh, running backs and tight ends here to close the show. Uh, Let's look at uh, 
the top wide receiver certainly is Jacoby Myers. I mean, he is just getting it done for the Patriots. We don't know when Edelman will be back. We don't know when you'll see Nikhil Harry back in the field. Myers certainly looks really good. And he teased us last year as being an outside threat here when Tom Brady was around for Josh McDaniels, but he stuck around, persevered. They tried to replace him with other guys, put him lower in the pecking order, but he's really proved that he's going to make big plays all over the field. He's reliable in this offense, and there hasn't been that much reliable here. So, yeah, Jacoby Myers steps in an immediate wide receiver three. The offense caps him, so is the matchup this week. You'll probably get Marlon Humphrey back, as well as Marcus Peters for the Ravens, so that uh, complicates things. But, again, Myers certainly, with his volume and usage from Cam Newton, has to be managed in uh, every league at this point of 12 teams or more. Now, look at... Curtis Samuel, this is two straight big games for Curtis Samuel. Now, it's been tough. If you've got Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, you were enjoying life with Anderson, consistently getting it done. You had DJ Moore starting to make some big plays. Then the last couple of weeks, it's been all about the Curtis Samuel. where only have eyes for Curtis Samuel here, Teddy Bridgewater. So, again, he has to be picked up now. I mean, we've ignored him. We think he's a third option. Really, when we look at the Panthers, we think he's the fourth, especially with Christian McCaffrey back. But McCaffrey's back on the shelf now. Looks like for another game with a different injury here with the shoulder. So Samuel, again, the extension of what McCaffrey did. They use him in the backfield. They use him in the red zone. They throw big plays to him. So Samuel, he's a very frustrating player because now we'll probably pick him up and play him and try to get some value. It'll be very inconsistent. But again, they are playing the Buccaneers this week. So maybe a chance a team that has been okay against top receivers but has struggled again with more speedy, quick, uh, other type receivers. Now, we mentioned that Ryan Nall is one way the Bears might uh, try to replace one David Montgomery if he has to miss the Vikings game with a concussion. It's also, again, conveniently revenge game for Cordell Patterson, originally drafted by the Vikings. They didn't hesitate. This is why we were wondering, why did they sign any insurance after Tariq Cohn went down? It's pretty much been Ryan Nall, a lot of touches for David Montgomery. Well, they really like Patterson in that hybrid role, Getting a lot of touches, so you figured he would get all the backfield receptions here along with Nall. He also might get some opportunities to run the ball in unconventional looks here for the Bears. So Cordell Patterson really uh, took on a pretty significant role here. So do I get thrilled by him? But you look at it, and the Vikings secondary is really bad. So he's got a lot of speed. Maybe they can get him a little shot play and space here. Well, David Montgomery's out, uh, but then certainly he can run a little bit for them this week. So, Cordell Patterson, intriguing, but we'll have to watch a little bit with what happens to David Montgomery. Now, Jalen Rieger, at this point, I mean, Travis Fulgham is locked in as the top target here, the X receiver. It doesn't matter what Alshon Jeffrey does for the Eagles in, ter- in his return. They're going to probably stick with Fulgham here against the uh, Giants, but Rieger has an opportunity. James Bradbury could see a little bit of Fulgham. Rieger makes some big plays on the other side. Deshaun Jackson was off to hot start against the Giants before he cooled off just a few weeks ago. So Jalen Rieger, the rookie, did score immediately in his return back from his thumb injury. So yeah, Rieger should be picked up in deeper leagues for sure with uh, some wide receiver streaming consideration. Now you look at uh, Tim Patrick. He's back from his hamstring injury. Looked pretty good for the Broncos there. Working off Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. You have an injury to Albert Okuganem, so... Figured they'll go more back to three receiver sets with no offense, spread things out. So good matchup again this week against the Raiders. Tim Patrick, when he's been in there and produced in that replacement Cortland Sutton role, he's been pretty good here for Drew Locke. 
Nelson Aguilar, after that weird windy game against the Browns where he disappeared, back to being a big play threat and scoring a long touchdown for the Raiders. Derek Carr loves throwing him downfield. He connected for a long touchdown with Aguilar against the Chargers. Great matchup this week against the Broncos secondary for Aguilar. Henry Ruggs, by the way, was catchless in that game. So a lot of Nelson Aguilar, a lot of Hunter Renfro is where the ball's going when it's not Darren Waller for Derek Carr. Derek Carr's playing very well, but again, Aguilar doing a lot more what the, we expected Ruggs might do in this offense, even Brian Edwards there. So John Gruden, uh, Derek Carr being a little bit reluctant with the rookies. They're going with Aguilar having uh, big plays like he made for the Eagles a few years back. Renfro, more trusted receiver. And Waller, we figured might pivot that way. We just didn't expect the big plays from Derek Carr to be downfield with these type of receivers. We thought it was going to be more work in the middle of the field, but Aguilar has some touchdown upside Renfro there, but I would rather have Aguilar certainly than Renfro. Now looking at the Colts receiving situation, if you want some low upside help, you can look at Michael Pittman Jr. Or you can look at uh, Zach Pascal, about the same type of receiver possession wise for Philip Rivers. They're playing the Titans this week. So maybe some opportunity, but keep in mind the Titans are a little bit better in the secondary. So I would say it's still a very piecemeal production from the wide receivers here with Philip Rivers' play. But again, Pittman and Pascal are maybe the ways you can look at it when maybe just a few weeks ago it was T.Y. Hilton and Marcus Johnson that had some intrigue there. Dammy and Andy Mandola, we'll see if uh, Kenny Galladay has to miss another game. Washington's tough on the outside, so maybe tougher for Marvin Jones. But in the slot, Amendola could do some work here, along with T.J. Hawkinson working in the middle of the field for whoever's at quarterback for the Lions, but figure uh, Stafford might be cleared here from the concussion and good to go if he had any issues there. So Amendola gets a little bit more on, but in deeper PPR leagues. Same thing with KJ Hamler, same type of receiver here. We can work him on the inside, uh, again, between Patrick and Judy and a little bit of Phantom there as well. So again, a lower upside with PPR leagues. MVS is more standard leagues, looking for the big target, plays downfield. They do get the Jaguars at home this week, so it could be a similar situation where the attention goes to Devontae Adams. Uh, MVS runs free. We'll see if Alan Lazard returns, but MVS, Alan Lazard, I would say it's still lean towards the Lazard if he returns, but MVS here. Last call probably for Anthony Miller and Darnell Mooney here in deeper leagues. They're getting more involved with each passing week, playing off Allen Robinson here, so... Mooney's a big play guy. Miller may be the more consistent. So if you're going standard leagues, more shallow, I think you look at Mooney. If you're in deeper PPR, look at Miller. You could David Moore as well. We can't forget about him for the Seahawks. He's making a lot of big plays, and he's kind of uh, been the outside main guy here all of a sudden uh, playing off DK Metcalf as we've seen less production of late from uh, Tyler Lockett. So Lockett had that big game. Now I think teams kind of scheme to take away Tyler Lockett. This week against the Rams, you're going to get Jalen Ramsey probably on DK Metcalf. So things are probably going to open the other side for more. They're also pretty good in the slot. They're covering uh, Lockett. Lockett does uh, burn the Rams pretty well. But it could be more of a more Lockett game this week. And Moore's uh, looked pretty good the past few weeks uh, getting involved in this passing game. Really, they don't have consistency from tight end. A little bit more tight end by committee. They're throwing less to the backs. Moore's going to be a bigger factor, especially when Russell Wilson has high volume. Finally, let's look at the defenses to target here. The Eagles and Giants game, good spot for either side. The Eagles were on a bye, so it might be available in your leagues. Giants, we keep underestimating, but they keep getting the job done with turnovers and uh, big plays here. And, uh, again, the Eagles and Giants game could be ugly. Both uh, defenses were productive in the first meeting in a kind of a slugfest-type game. Titans, you can look at again after a nice big game against the Bears. They get the Colts and Phillip Rivers, and his mistake-proneness here on Thursday Night Football. 
The Packers get the Jaguars and Jake Luton's uh, first uh, road to start here as a rookie, so that could be a little tough here. Jair Alexander should return and play from the concussion, and you think can tee off of Luton for some uh, takeaway and sack potential in that game. You can also look at the Saints against the 49ers at home. Nick Mullins starting again. The 49ers had that uh, big uh, meltdown against the Packers last week. You know, look at the Saints, big defensive performance coming off against Tom Brady and Buccaneers. So good lineup there between the Packers and Saints if you're looking for help there. And Washington might be kind of managed here because of the Giants game from last week. They were disappointing. But you can look at the other side, the Lions. I mean, Alex Smith didn't look all that good through in two interceptions here. And, uh, again, should be filling in for Kyle Allen this week. So that's how you look at it. Uh, a defense, Eagles, Giants, Titans, Packers, Saints, and Lions. Some pretty good streaming options for you this week that should be readily available on the waiver wire, regardless of your size of league. So that's it, a breakdown of now your full waiver wire and what to do with uh, your free agent acquisition budget here for week number 10. We also broke down in-depth Patriots and Jets. We'll turn our attention to week number 10 and start breaking down all the games in advance here. Do the first half of games on Wednesday. We call it Matchup Wednesday. Second half on Thursday, Matchup Thursday. And then we close the week with Lineup Friday, looking at uh, all everything that we've learned from a DFS perspective, trying to get you the best values on DraftKings and FanDuel across positions for the main slate action. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Fantasy Football. This is Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time. Have a great day.